It's good to be with you this morning. Did I say good morning? Yes. Okay, you were listening. I knew I said it. <laughs> it's good to be back with you. Last week we were, had an opportunity to preach up in Round Rock at a friend's church and, and we had a blessed time up there, a good uh, body of believers, brothers and sisters up there, so it's good to be back home. Um, we're going to be all over the Bible today, lots of Bible, because really you can't go wrong with the Bible. So if you're ever nervous about... Uh, what to say or what to just read the Bible or say the Bible or recite the Bible, memorize the Bible. You really can't go wrong. But really, there's, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, forgiveness today. And as will hopefully be made plain by the end of this message, forgiveness is a relatively large theme in Scripture. Um, there's a hint of sarcasm in there. You can laugh at it if you want. It's okay. There's joy in the house, right? Um, but from Genesis to Revelation, not only do we see the theme of forgiveness, not only as our salvation, an example of Christ's forgiveness, um, but, but there's actually lots of specific verses and instruction, not just in how to forgive or why forgive or to forgive, but also about us being forgiven. And, and then, um, we're not going to get too much into this today, but then in walking out our forgiveness as forgiven sons and daughters, okay? Um, so I know that everyone in this room has heard something about forgiveness. Um, everybody looks pretty familiar. You've probably been in church for uh, at least weeks, if not years, if not decades. So um, you've probably heard something about forgiveness. But I encourage you today, just as the Lord reminded me and encouraged me, that uh, sometimes we need to hear things more than once. Sometimes I need to hear things more than once because I just don't always get it on the first time. I know most of you get it, everything on the first time, and, and that's great, but maybe this is just for me. So uh, bear with me as I preach to myself this morning. But let's pray and just invite the Holy Spirit. And we do, we just say, Holy Spirit, come. Why don't you all just pray with me? Just say, Holy Spirit, come. You're invited. You're here this morning. Lord, we believe it, but God, we just want you to come and work and manifest yourself in ways that, uh, that you see fit and necessary. Father, I pray for a change of hearts this morning. Just come in and do what it is you do, Lord. Reorganize, God. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, God, that we would think different so that we can live different. Change our minds this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I told you we're going to be all over um, the Bible, which is good. The verses are going to be up on the screens to help you. No pressure, Michelle. Um, but uh, so I, if you hear me say it for it, don't, you don't need to try to turn there if you don't want to, because I, I might move pretty quick through them. So, but they'll be up on the screens if you need them. Um, I think one of the things that, uh, that the Lord wants to reiterate today is not just, um, not just truth about forgiveness, uh, but really the importance um, of forgiveness. And I would just say the crucial importance that forgiveness is, not just not just walking in the forgiveness that we have from the Lord, but also uh, being forgivers as we have been forgiven. Um, forget, I wanted to start with a definition of forgiveness. I like this definition of forgiveness. It says, a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting nor does it mean condoning or excusing offenses. When I was trained in deliverance ministry in California, 
I was working with my senior pastor who had done deliverance ministry for 40 years at the time. So he's pushing, doing this 50 years. He actually does it full-time now. That's, that's what he does. Um, he had so many people approaching him from other churches that, um, that he's still a staff pastor at the church that we came from. But basically what he does is preach occasionally and cast out demons Monday through Saturday. Um, and it's great because they leave. And uh, I had the opportunity to, to train with him and then do deliverance ministry with him. But I'll tell you, one of the great, and anybody, Pastor Glenn, I know you know this, anybody who's done deliverance ministry, unforgiveness is one of the first places you, you go. Because, I mean, in my experience, it seemed like nine out of ten people that sat in front of us were harboring bitterness or unforgiveness towards either a person, a group, or multiple people. And many of them had been harboring those, those feelings of unforgiveness or resentment or bitterness for decades. The problem with doing that is, the, is as you hold on to it, you're continuing to give the devil a foothold in your life. And, and he does not have to leave as long as you're saying yes to him. Because you, it's an open invitation for him. And so we would, we would walk these people through. And, and I'll tell you what, the pushback is real. I can't tell you how many times I heard, but you don't understand. No, I, I, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to, you know, you, you don't try to figure it out. Most of the cases we dealt with were abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Are you telling me that they deserve to be forgiven? No. And, now, and that's not the opportunity to tell them about how they also don't deserve to be forgiven. But, <laughs> but it doesn't cease to be true. That's true. It's just not that you got it. That's wisdom. That's what I learned sitting with this guy who's done it for 40 years. I'm like, well, shouldn't we tell them? He's like, no. <laughs> we'll let the Holy Spirit. They'll figure it out. And they did. And, but the thing is, the way that my, my mentor, he, he, in this, he described that he said, forgiveness is letting someone off of your hook and putting them onto God's. Because, because a lot of the times the resistance is... If I forgive them, they're getting away with it. When the Bible said, God himself said, vengeance is mine. And so when we say, all right, Lord, you deal with them. Not only are they going to get correction from the one who should be bringing correction, but you get free of the foothold that you've, that you've given the devil. Do you, the, word, the Bible uses the term foothold. Come here, Sloan. Come here. Give me a foot. Now I want you to go walk with the Lord. <laughs> that's, why I use, that's why it uses the term. Thank you. That's why it uses the term, because you can't do anything. You can't do anything. And, and, but it says when you remove it, when you take, and foothold just means place. So when you remove the place for the devil, he has to flee. Remove, and forgiveness is one of those crucial steps we can take to actually remove that, remove that place or that foothold. Okay. All right. The devil would want you to keep a person on your own hook so that he can keep you on his. And, I, and the devil would want to keep, would want you to keep a person on your own hook so that he can keep you on his. So I promise you, every single lie at his disposal he will throw at you when you're to justify the unforgiveness, which is why it gets held on to for decade after decade after decade after decade. Many times the person who you need to forgive is God, 
Not because they did anything wrong. Not because he did anything. No, they's right. It's Trinity, the triune God. Not because he did anything wrong. We're not going to get into that. But because you're harboring some sort of bitterness or, or resentment against God. A lot of times you've got to forgive him. Um, the devil would also have you believe, I already said this a little bit, but that if you forgive someone that you're excusing the sin. And you're not. By forgiving them, you're actually giving the Lord opportunity to deal with the sin. Where in a, in a matter of speaking, while he can still step in and deal with the sin when, while you're harboring unforgiveness, it's really hard for him because you're saying, no, Lord, I got it. I'm going to hate him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bitter toward him. I'm going to harbor the unforgiveness because you're not doing anything about it. And so when we step out of the way and say, I forgive him, and the Lord goes, thank you. Now I can deal with them. Okay, so I'm not saying that, that we, we stop the Lord's hand. Like, I'm not saying it's not possible for him to deal with them. While we're, I'm just saying I, I've noticed in my experience that as soon as we get out of the way by forgiving, a lot of the times we watch conviction come sovereignly to this person. We've, I've seen it multiple times, seen fathers call their daughters 30 years later that because the realization of what they did to them just hit them sovereignly. And the Lord did it. Okay? Are you guys following so far? There's three things that I want to talk about today um, that I think the Lord wanted to highlight having to do with forgiveness. And hopefully this, um, this encourages you and is able to be a tool in your tool belt. Okay? The first one is that the Lord is a forgiver. This truth is seen just all throughout Scripture. It's part of His character. He's a forgiver. Everyone in this room is in, has been in need of forgiveness and he has sent his son to die to be an atoning or a replacement sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent him for a lot of reasons. I was taking these seminary courses one time, and one of the questions was, why did Jesus come? So everybody thought they had the right answer, right? And it turns out there was just a lot of right answers. So, um, but it, but he, one of the reasons he came was to forgive sin. Psalms 86.5 says, You, Lord, are forgiving, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. He is walking with a character trait of being a forgiver of sins. And he gives opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and he speaks promise after promise after promise of if you will, then I will. If you will, then I will. But what's the first part of that? You got to do it. We have to do it. Right? The Lord's saying, I am standing by with forgiveness in my hands, ready to pour it on anyone who will forgive. Who will, who will, you know what I mean? If you will, then I will. The Lord is a forgiver. Um, as we continue in these scriptures, you're going to see phrases like, just as your Father has forgiven you, or just as, or just as the Lord has forgiven you. And I think part of the reason that we hold on to resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness is because we actually forget how much we've been forgiven. Um, or, or maybe not even forget, maybe we just don't know. How much, it's not, we don't have a revelation of how much we've been forgiven. A lot of the times we do what I call comparative theology. We say, well, Lord, at least I'm not as bad as them. 
right? I haven't, I haven't killed anyone. I haven't raped anyone. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't, so I'm okay. When actually the Word of God spells out that actually you weren't okay when you were conceived. So, but it, I mean, so none of us were okay. Jesus made us okay. Jesus spoke of Mary of Bethany as one who was able to love much because of the amount that she had realized how much she'd been, I'm sorry, because of the amount of sin she had realized she'd been forgiven of. So we, we, we say often, we say, he's been forgiven much, loves much. Some of the greatest lovers you see in the church are, are, have been forgiven much. Kyle is, one, is just such a good friend, and he, he's such a great, he's such, so great at loving. I just, I love, really, I love that about him. And, and he'll be the first one to tell you that he's been forgiven much, which is why he can love much. So when we, when we remember, recall, and, and actually accept how much we have been forgiven when we didn't deserve it, and the Lord said, I forgive you, I forgive you. Before we can ask for, I forgive you, I forgive you. When we realize that, we'll be a lot more apt to dish out forgiveness when we realize how much we've been forgiven. Number two, the first, so the first one, number one, is that the Lord is a forgiver. Number two is that we were made to forgive. We're made in His image. Okay? We're made with, uh, we're bestowed this, uh, the same, if not extremely similar, <laughs> character qualities as Jesus. And so if, if, he's, if He's a forgiver, we were made to forgive. Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ God, or just as Christ, as in Christ God forgave you. For if you forgive other people, I'm sorry, Matthew six fourteen. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. In Colossians three thirteen, I love this one. Bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Can you leave this up there real quick? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. This, this verse spells out very clearly, and I love how Scripture does this over and over, that this bear with each other, this is not like a, this is not a put up with each other. Right? It's not a survive each other. Right? Get through the day without killing each other. This is not... This is not I, I choose to love you, Rachel, but I'll just love you from over there, right? Because that's how I'm going to bear it. This, this is like bearing the weight. This is like carrying each other, okay? This is, and, and I promise you, when you rub shoulders in fellowship and care and bearing one another's burdens, there's going to be stuff that comes up that you're going to need to ask forgiveness for and that you're going to need to forgive for. It's just going to happen. Last night, I yelled at my kids. It was a bad dad move. I just, I screwed up. I had a bad day. And, uh, and I yelled at them. Anyways, so they went to bed. I told them goodnight, but they went to bed. Anyways, I had to go in there and wake Zeb up and, and apologize to him for two reasons. One, that I felt like a jerk and, and I, needed to, I needed to repent and I needed to tell him that
really good that kids are really quick to forgive. <laughs> we should be more like kids. Anyway, I needed to tell him what I did was wrong, which he knew, but I didn't want him to have to harbor any unforgiveness towards me, right? Because that's not good for him. So, anyways, we accomplished both things, and it was good. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, God's good. Ah, can't see it if I don't wear them. <laughs> I hate these glasses. <laughs> okay, bear with, oh, it's gone, it's okay. Bear with each other is, is there's a lot said in this verse. It's way more than just a, just a call to forgive. It's a call to put yourself in a position where you're going to have to forgive and have to be forgiven. Now, obviously, we don't set out every day and go, man, I'm going to screw up so that people can, or that I can ask for forgiveness. That, that, that's not it. Actually, Paul says, you know, or, you know, should I sin more so that grace abounds more? No! That's how that, no, don't do that. It's like, you heard me wrong. That's not it. But I'll tell you what, if you haven't had an opportunity to forgive someone, or if you haven't had to ask for forgiveness in a really long time, Either you have attained some sort of sinless perfection that the rest of us have missed, or maybe you're not rubbing shoulders closely with the body of Christ, and you should be in fellowship more. I'm just saying, I mean, you could probably argue with me, and that's fine. I'm pretty good at arguing, but I think that, that, I think that, I think that it's, a, it's a, a gauge that we can use. Are we, con- I mean... I have to ask for forgiveness from my wife because I'm, I'm with her all the time. I fellowship with her all the time. And I just, I screw up sometimes. I'm sorry, that was stupid. I'm sorry. And she's like, yes, that was stupid. No. No, she never says that. She's quick to forgive just like my kids. All right. So, number two was we were made to forgive. Number three, forgiveness is a choice. Listen to this. Forgiveness is a choice, but not an option. You need to see the difference. Forgiveness is a choice, but not an option. When we would lead people in deliverance ministry, there's a a common misconception that in order to forgive someone, you need to feel forgiveness towards them. That is a lie. If you need to write that down, that is a lie, 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 doctrine of demons, lie. Actually, as a matter of fact, in my experience, most of the time, the feelings of forgiveness don't come until after the choice of forgiveness have been, has been made. Some, sometimes, sometimes, the exception to the rule is that sometimes the feelings come and then, and then I forgive them. You know, I make the choice to let them off my hook. But 99.9% of the time, those feelings will not come until you say, Lord, I forgive so-and-so. For what they did to me. So it's a choice. You either choose to forgive or choose not to forgive, but I promise you it's not an option. It needs to not be an option that we have to not forgive. That needs to not be an option. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times but 70 times 7. And I promise if you make a paper chain with 490 loops on it 
and cut them off every time you have to forgive the same person just so you hope one day you can get to zero and not have to forgive them. That's the wrong spirit <laughs> behind this. It's, it's, you can hear, Peter, I love Peter because I am Peter. I'm like way too quick to speak, gets rebuked more than the rest of the disciples from the Lord. Like this, so I, I get it. Like I understand Peter's heart. Um, but Peter would later realize, I, and I, I just I know this to be true because you know you read the rest of the New Testament and you see that Peter grew um, in wisdom. But Peter would come to realize, oh, the Lord's forgiven me way more than four hundred and ninety times, or way more than seven times, way more than seventy times. And he'd go, oh, you just keep forgiving, because the Lord just keeps forgiving us, and there's just not a limit to it. And I love that. It's a choice, but not an option. Mark 11.25, it says, When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Study this out a little bit. There's, a, there's some truth, not only in this passage, but also in, in Corinthians, when we talk about um, uh, taking the, the Lord's cup, in a, in a, or ta- uh, I'm sorry, the Lord's table, in a worthy manner. So I I usually teach, Pastor Glenn usually teaches, we, there's so many things that that entails, okay? One of the things is that you don't, you don't take the, the bread and the cup without fully realizing what, what it is, right? You don't want to just flippantly go, body of Christ, blood of Jesus, right? You, you, we want to realize, I mean, even in the New Testament, it says, Paul writes, he goes, this is actually why some of you are sick and not getting better because you're not taking the, this, the Lord's table in a worthy manner. And so one of those worthy manners that we talk about is, is not having any unconfessed sin. And one, of the, and one of these things that Mark eleven twenty five kind of points to is that if you're standing and you're, you know, you're, you're going to pray in front of a bunch of people, it says you actually better make sure that you've taken care of things with your brothers and sisters first. Wow. And part of that reason isn't because God is not able to work in and through you even if you have unconfessed sin, because he can, right? Because he's God. But we are hindering the work of the Holy Spirit when we're holding on to these things and not forgiving and, or not repenting not, or not confessing or not asking for forgiveness. So I'm sure many of you have heard when we take communion sometimes where the leader will say, hey, now's a good time to, if there's any unconfessed sin to just make things right. Man, I take it a lot for, because the, 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 the picture there is between you and the Lord, right? But may I take it a lot further than that? Maybe you've even heard me say, if you need to stop now and go call someone, go do it. it just, it's way better to just get, get it taken care of right now than to let the devil have his way for another 10 seconds. Yeah. Just, just take the time and ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness. Wow. Acts 2.38 says, and Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Part of the recipe for salvation involves forgiveness, right? You repent, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved, or you will receive forgiveness of your sins, salvation of your soul. And I love that. It's actually the, the, step, the step one or the point. If we, can't, if we don't get there, we, we don't need to worry about all the other steps. We've got we to worry about that step. 
The last scripture we'll look at today is James 5, 14 through 15. It says, Is any among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now you know that part. That part's common. Here's the second part. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have, had sin, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. This, this idea, this pattern of forgiveness, this truth about forgiveness, makes its way into every area of ministry. Right here it's talking about laying hands on the sick. Actually, part of the benefits of being prayed over and anointed with oil is, is, is confessing your sins and having them forgiven as well. Yeah. Part of the reason I wanted to put this in verse, and I had like 20 more verses, the, the, do a, do a concordant search on forgiveness in the Bible one time and then come back to me a few days later after you've read everything. But one of the reasons I thought it was important to, to hit this verse right here is because forgive, it, forgiveness is not a small thing. It actually, it actually, there's hints in this verse. We don't have time to go into it today, so I apologize if this opens up a bigger can of worms than it closes, but there's hints there that are like, actually, unforgiveness can keep you sick. There, there's, there's hints there. Okay, and we've seen that in deliverance ministry, too, where, where it's one of the ways that, that we are actively inviting the enemy and his kingdom into our, into our lives and into our body by holding on to unforgiveness. And we just can't do that. There is not enough time to hold on to unforgiveness any longer. There is not enough. We don't, we don't have enough. You're not that good. We're not, I'm not that good to be able to hold on to it and do everything that God's calling us to do in the same thing. We just can't do it. Worship team, you guys can come back up. I'm just going to, as the worship team comes up and gets ready, we're just going to, I just encourage you, if you, you can wrap up your notes and... Um, Close your Bibles and stuff, because we're just gonna we're just gonna pray, and I'm just we're just gonna be quiet. I'm just gonna give you an opportunity to let the Holy Spirit show you if there's any one or group of people or multiple people. The first thing that we're gonna do is 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 there anyone you need to forgive? Okay. Now I want you to think back, because what we've realized is actually many of the people. Many of the people that I've sat with in deliverance and helped didn't know that they had unforgiveness for a person until we started asking the questions. Well, what about, what about, what about? And they went, I hate him. And they didn't realize it was there because they're not thinking about it every day, which is exactly what the enemy would want. I mean, he's, he's not going to show his hand if he doesn't have to. So I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to ask right now, and you can, do, you can just sit, you can kneel, you can stand, you can do whatever you need to do. Just listen to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to just show us right now. Is there anyone or a group of people or multiple people, Lord, who we need to forgive, who have wronged us, genuinely sinned against us? Do we need to forgive them? Who is it? Show us a picture of their face. Recall to our minds right now, Lord. I'm asking you to do things that are going to... And 
listen, this could bring up some wounds, and I understand that. And the reason I'm comfortable doing that is because I know that the benefit far outweighs the wounds. The benefit of forgiveness far outweighs the momentary trauma or reliving of the trauma. Holy Spirit, bring to our mind. Now that the Holy Spirit's brought to your mind, if you need to, if you need to write them down, if there's a list of people, that's fine. Write them down by name. And then just right now, I, I, you, don't, you don't necessarily have to stand up and shout it, but I do want you, I do want it to cross your lips. So if you need to say it underneath your voice, that's fine. God, I want you to say, Lord, I forgive, and then you put in the name of that person. If you don't want the person next to you to hear who it is, because maybe it's them, then you can, just, you can just say their initials or something. But I want you to say it out of your mouth. I want, Lord, I forgive, and do one by one. Lord, I forgive, blank. Lord, I forgive, blank. And I want you to let them off of your hook and put them on God's right now. Go ahead. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing. Continue to reveal. Who do we need to forgive? I thank you, Lord, that you're sitting here going, give me the burden. Give me the vengeance. It all belongs to me. Once you've forgiven them, I want you to thank the Lord because he just took something for you that from you that you didn't need to be carrying. And he's going to take care of it. Now don't make the crucial, <laughs> don't make the mistake of trying to grab it back off of God's hook. Leave it with him. Next thing I want you to ask is, Lord, is there anything that I need to ask forgiveness for? What, is there any area that I've wronged someone in that I need to go confess and repent and make things right? Is there a grievance, Lord? Show us right now. Is there something that we've done wrong that we need to repent of? Have we hardened ourselves to someone, Lord? Show us, God. Spirit, one of one of your roles, one of your titles, you, you convict the world of sin. Lord, would you convict us right now if there's anything that we need to ask forgiveness for, repent of, confess. And I want you right now to, con as he showed you, I want you to confess it to him. Confession just means agreement. All, all you're doing is saying, yes, I did that. He just wants you to agree. Yes, I did that. So you confess to him. And then I want you before, before two o'clock today, I want you to call or go to the, the person or people, whoever it is, giving you some time. And I want you to just ask forgiveness. I did this and I'm sorry. And I want you to be able to move past the fear the lie that the devil's telling you that that person's going to hate you and they're not going to want to be your friend anymore and it's going to be so embarrassing because even if it is all those things and those people are never your friend again and never speak to you again and it's embarrassing at least you haven't given the devil a foothold and you've done the right thing 
you've loved them right and you leave the rest up to the Lord. So Holy Spirit, we thank you Thank you right now, Lord, for for bringing to mind everything that you needed to. Lord, may this be an exercise that we go through often, like cleaning our house. Like, we don't just clean our house once a year. Lord, we got to keep it clean. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us to clean house by going, Lord, is there anyone I need to forgive? Am I holding on to anything, Lord? you would show it to us. We trust you. You'll show it to us, God. And and the other side of it, Lord, that we would, that you'd remind us if we've harmed or hurt or offended someone, that you'd remind us to to repent and ask for their forgiveness. Lord, I thank you that you are the greatest forgiver, that you continue, we continue to walk in the benefits of the forgiveness you've given us. Lord, that you paid no small price for our forgiveness. Help us to become more like children. Children don't know how to hold grudges. Father, would you make it impossible, make it impossible for us to hold a grudge because of of how closely and intimately we hold on to the truth of how we've been forgiven. We know, without a doubt, the magnitude of the, of the price that you paid, Jesus, for our forgiveness. So, in that light, we can't hold on to unforgiveness.